Lord, we pray that tonight that you'll speak, that your word will be powerful and it'll be sharper than a double-edged sword and it will pinpoint our hearts and our minds to focus on you, to have a revelation of who you are. God, we pray that we'll see change tonight. We pray that we'll see revelation tonight. That We pray that we'll encounter you tonight, your word and your truth and your power. And God, we pray that we can leave this place changed and different, encouraged and built up in your word and your truth. Amen. Awesome. I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited to be here tonight. Yeah? Alright. Well, you guys can grab a seat, maybe high-five someone. Levi, I'm going to stand right there. So, bro, we're going to get real close. i got to be with the people. Oh. Wait, Wilson, I'm coming back. Oh, that... No! Come on, bro! Um, I've been really excited all, like two, three weeks because I knew I was preaching tonight and then I got this word and I was like, oh my gosh and then I got invited to share at a lunchtime group at Blackson High which can I say is incredible, it started out like this term with like 14 people 16 on the first week and now it's at like 30 I don't know if that blows anyone's mind but it blows mine, now you can give them a hand yeah or the team that had that up. I don't know. I'd love to see more lunchtime groups rising up and starting. Millie, I'm talking to you, St. Paul's, but even like Blacksland, Wimberley. Let's go. Blacksland, yeah, Wimberley, Wycliffe. Anyway, I'm going to preach, if that's cool. If you're taking notes, well, it's not there yet. I was special and I did a PowerPoint. But if you're taking notes, you can write down my walk my responsibility <laughs> that's um, not actually me skateboarding I like to think that it's either Nick or um, maybe Harrison right before Harry hit Lawson oh, we don't talk about that camp well alright but we've been doing this series at church called um, my something or my life my influence my home my heart, my responsibility. And so I wanted to continue that at youth and talk about my walk, my responsibility. And what I'm in some ways trying to communicate or express to you is that your walk, your journey, your life is different from the person sitting next to you. Oh my gosh! Wait, that's the moment. There was a warning sign that a truth bomb's about to come. Yeah? Got you back. <laughs> what was I even saying before that? Our lives, our journeys are different to the person sitting beside you and your journey is unique and it's important and influential and powerful to you. And so our walk is our responsibility because we can't take responsibility for the person sitting next to us or for our brother, our sister, our mum, our dad or our friends. At the end of the day, it comes down to us and the choices we make for our lives. We can, I don't know, give advice, support, encourage and love others and help them out and influence them but at the end of the day, they've got to make that decision to move in their heart. So I've got a scripture. I don't know if you want it. I don't know if you're ready for it. It's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, in the NIV version, which I like to call the non-inspired version because it's like straight to the point. No, nope, that was a bad joke. All right. It's um, Nick's intelligent version. Uh, And it says this, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, 
continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this little verse was written to a church in Philippi, and at the time they were under like heavy persecution from people that were like, uh uh-uh, uh, Christians, Jesus, no, that ain't cool. We're gonna come, we're gonna find you. You're climbing in the windows, no one knows that. All right, <sighs> straight over the heads. Hide your kid, yeah, all right. And so they're like, they were scared for their lives because they believed in Jesus, but someone was hunting them down. And so actually to work out their faith required them to risk their life. So just keep that in your mind. But I know sometimes today we're not in Australia, we're not under that kind of persecution, but maybe it's a social, I don't know, pressure or a social cue for you to change the way you're acting or the way you're being or what you believe in. Maybe it's peer pressure or school pressure or family circumstance, or maybe even it's just a mentality. Maybe it's a victim mentality in your mind where God's calling us to have a victory mentality. Is that cool? Yes. Someone's with me? Yes. All right, good. And so you can just go through school circumstances, life, and I don't know if you're the victim, you could play, like, blame everything that's happening to you and being like, man, I can't control what's going on. I'm in such a bad circumstance because this, this, and this, and not take responsibility for it. But I believe that God's actually calling us to take responsibility for our own lives and stand at account and go, you know what? Maybe bad stuff is happening to me, but I believe in God and I believe He is the creator of all things. And I know in the Bible it says that if it's not good yet, then God's not done working yet. Yeah? Someone's with us? So maybe you might be like, oh man, I'm in this terrible situation. I want to change it all. I want to change the world. But maybe you're not called to change the world. Maybe you're called to change just one person's world. Whoa, I don't know. All right, so I'm going to give you three points. And these don't necessarily have to be in any particular order. They're kind of interchangeable, but I believe they're all important to taking responsibility for our own walk in our own life and in our own faith. So the first point, I'm going to need some water. Intermission music. Thank you. Don't knock it over. The lid's not on properly. First point is to seek. I don't know if you've ever got like pocket money from your parents when you were little. Maybe you still do. I don't. I wish I did. It was easy. You just like took out the bins and got paid for it. Woo! But we used to get these things called coins. Do you know what a coin is? Yes? No. It's like a little bit of metal. Maybe it's like copper or bronze or something. And it's of different values. Yes. And so I used to get pocket money. And it was really annoying when you'd lose a coin. You'd be like, man, I've almost got $5. I can almost get a Happy Meal. And then you'd lose one. And you'd be like, oh, no, I better find that $1 coin. Yep, yep, that's it. Harry's just having his own revelation over here. We're just, good job, bro. We're praying for you. And so you're looking for this one coin, and you're seeking after it because you know that the value of it by itself isn't as important as when it's in community with the rest of the coins, allowing you to buy something greater. And so you're actually putting effort into looking for that one coin, and you're seeking after it. And I believe it's kind of the same with Jesus. You can kind of leave him off to the side if you want, not worry about him but if you actually seek him he'll add value and increase to your life and worth and so seeking requires a lot of effort 
I know some people that are like, can't find it, see you later. What's the point with that? What's Jesus going to do with that? He's like, I want people who love me, who will take up their cross to follow me. But if you're just going to leave me off to the side, where's, where's the heart in that? I don't know if this might challenge you. I hope so. It's challenging me. And so in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 10, it says this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So seeking after God and after him, I believe a simple and easy way that we can all do is just pray. Is simply spend time talking to God and seeking after him and what he's calling for your life and your word um, of, I guess, purpose and destiny that he's calling and placed in you since before you were born. And so I believe that prayer is powerful. It's not weird. Um, maybe it is weird to people who doesn't know, people who doesn't know. I did well in school, can't you tell? I don't even know that sentence, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> but prayer is powerful. It's just talking to God. It's like talking to someone else really close, um, having a conversation. It's ongoing. Um, I know that when I pray, I feel more relaxed and more confident in myself and what He's actually called me to do. And so you can pray anywhere, anytime. There's no real set formula. But I believe that even just spending that time focusing on him and searching after him, he'll help you find the answers. Like it says there, the one who seeks finds. If we actually dedicate that time to seeking after him, he'll show us the way to where he's calling us. There's this thing in our brains. Everyone here should have a brain. If not, okay, we'll pray for you later. Pray for healing for everyone without a brain. Um, there's this thing in the brain called the beta Meinhof phenomenon. And it's kind of like when you see like some shoes that you really like on the shelf in a shop. And you're like, man, there's some cool kicks. I want them. And then you start seeing them everywhere else. They're not just at the shop. They're on someone else's feet. And you're like, is it wrong if I take them off their feet? No? Okay. But if we seek after God, the more you seek after him, the more you'll see it more clearly you'll find it. And that brings me to kind of my second point, number two, if you're still with me and taking notes, and it's called see. Simply see what God's done and what God is doing. And sometimes you have to actually take a step back to see. You have to position yourself in a way to make things visible. And I believe in Psalm, oh, 130, says this, David writes, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than a watchman waits for the morning. Now, I don't know about you and your history or your education level, but a watchman looked to see things. And so he'd often stand at a really high vantage point or tower so he could actually look out and see what's coming or what's going on. And I believe that God's asking us to actually take a step back and to watch for what he's doing in our lives, in our friends' lives, and to actually watch the miracle of us seeking after him to come. And so we've got to position ourselves to be able to watch and see him. Um, whew, scratching the neck, it just got itchy. 
And so watching requires you to position yourself. And I think today we're so busy doing everything, but even just positioning our hearts, not necessarily our whole being. So that's simply like we were saying before, God, I'm here, I'm waiting for you to move, I'm waiting for you to talk. I'm going to take some time to be silent and hear you speak and actually look for that miracle or that word of encouragement that you're sending my way. In Romans 12, this is a lot of scripture, that's why I didn't give it to you. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But if we're not going to conform to the pattern of this world, then that means we're going to be standing out and look different. So we actually have to position ourselves to be different from what all our friends in school or work are doing. We've got to position our hearts, our minds, our lives to a different way of thinking, a different way of doing, and allow God to renew our minds, to speak a different word that will change the way we think and see things. How are we doing? You good? Yep. I'll add this one in, which I was thinking about today. When you um, position yourself to hear God's voice, there's this really powerful thing, um, and you can first kind of read it in 1 Kings 19, but it kind of has glimpses throughout the entire Bible, even at the start and in Genesis. But um, I know that times you often look for God and you're like, God, speak to me, and you're expecting him to go, Hello, Daniel. It is I, God. And the subs are like cranking, and you can feel it, and then you can hear it because it's really loud. But God often is the opposite of the world because he says don't conform to it. And so God often speaks in a whisper. And so in 1 Kings, it says this is about a story of a prophet, um, and he says, go out and stand on the mountain um, and in the presence of the Lord, position yourself in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord is about to pass by when you position yourself there. And then it says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And in the wind, and then the wind went and an earthquake came, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. You'd think by now he'd like to see it because they're all really obvious things. Am I right? Yeah. No, all right. But he wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Now, I don't know about y'all, but a whisper scientifically uses a different part of your vocal cords, your throat. So when you talk, you're using all of this. But when you whisper, it's more of your breath. Now, think about this. In Genesis, God brought Adam to life with his breath. In the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel, God raised the army through his breath. So we've got to position ourselves intimately for a breath because sometimes when you're whispering, you've got to get close because it's not loud. It's not... But I'm kind of whispering loud so you can. But you get what I'm saying, right? No. But if I went all the way over here and you're positioned all the way over there and I said, Hey Mitchell, you can't hear me because I'm whispering and you're positioned all the way at the end. But if you want to hear that word from God, speak through the whisper, you've got to get close to see and hear his word. Is that cool?
You want the third point, or should I just leave it there? Third point. Let's go. I love it. All right. It's to actually step. So in my walk, which is my responsibility, I've got to seek after him. I've got to see him. But then I actually have to step. And what I'm talking about is actually taking a move or hearing that word that is spoken to you after you've seeked him or sawn him, sought. Man, I should get like grammatically checked before I get up here or just have like Siri correcting me from, it's all good, I got you guys. But then to actually take a step and act on the word that is spoken to you. And in Proverbs 20, verse 24, in the Passion translation, wow, it says, it is the Lord who directs your life for each step you take is ordained and anointed by God to bring you closer to your destiny. I don't know about you, but there's this thing called faith that we talk about a lot. A lot? There's this thing called faith that we talk about a lot. Yeah, I got it that time. Woo. Good job, Dan. Um, which in some ways, to me, is just simply trusting. Like we were singing before, Jesus, I will trust in you. But not only will I trust in you, I'll act on what you've spoken. So I'll actually put an action behind my trust and make a move on it. And so I don't know what he's saying to you. I don't know if you've sought after him or seen him. But I don't know what the word he's telling you to do, the action he's telling you to do is. Um, There's a story in Matthew where his disciples, his little crew, his gang, his squad, whatever you want to call it, um, his pack were like hanging out in their boat and they're going across the ocean or a really big river and um, Jesus is like yeah I'll catch up with you later and I'm like okay how's he going to get here and um, so then they're out cruising for a bruising and this big storm comes and it's like going crazy and then Jesus is just like sup and he's just walking and so one of them I'm going to have to try and read this because I'm blind now. One of them's like, yo, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to take a step and walk towards you. And then it says, Jesus said to them, take courage, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. How amazing is that? Let's just take a moment dude just walked on water there was crazy waves and wind anyone's mind being blown yet no okay maybe just mine i know sometimes it's so easy when god's right there when you're really close you've got that intimate relationship where you can hear him whisper to you it's so easy to act on what he's saying but then as soon as we take our eyes off him and look at the world just like in this story you start to get overwhelmed by the waves and the wind or maybe it's your friend's pressuring you into something else or your family or a circumstance that's going on and you can get overcome by everything going on and it's crashing all around you and you begin to sink and Jesus kind of catches him at the end and says Peter why did you doubt and then the story ends where he got back in the boat Jesus got in and then they sailed off and it was all nice but I love that thought of just focusing on Jesus and being able to walk with him through the wind and the waves and the water to actually take those steps of faith 
trusting in him and putting action behind it and going out. And he promises that we can do it through him. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. We're more than conquerors through him, through Christ. No, maybe just me. Maybe you can have it as well. You just got to seek, see, actually take that step. He won't let you down um, if the team want to come back up. So I don't know what he's saying to you tonight, but maybe that step is stepping out of the boat of a social norm, maybe stepping out from following the crowd or what everyone's doing or telling you to do. Or maybe it's taking a step in sharing your faith to your friends or your family or someone else. Or maybe it's actually going above in your offering and giving and going, hey, I'm going to buy lunch for my friend at school who's struggling to actually get enough food to sustain himself. And if that was me, it'd be a lot of food. Um, So I love that person that bought me lunch a few times. But God's got a different plan for each of our lives, and he's calling us to act on those steps and those words. And he's saying, trust in me, and I'll let you walk on the water. I'll let you walk on the waves. And I just want to right now ask you what he is actually asking you to take a step in. Or maybe you haven't even got that far, and maybe you just need to seek after him. Or maybe you need to position your heart and your mind and see who he is and that the miracle's coming. So if the team can lead us in a song, I want all of us to stand and we're going to sing it. And then I'm going to give an invite to you to maybe press in or maybe to seek after him, maybe to actually take a step back in your heart and in your mind and position it ready to see him or what he's said to you already. Um, or maybe start thinking and get encouraged to take that step because he promised he won't leave you alone. Um, I'm going to share a story and I'm probably going to get in trouble, but one of my brothers who I love, I don't actually have brothers, so it's like a homie, friend. We cool? Yep. I've actually seen him go through this journey and I was only thinking about it just before. And when I met him a while ago, I know he was kind of just on the edge of seeing who Jesus was and seeking after him. And he was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's for me. I don't know if he's real. But then I saw him actually have a revelation of who God was and who Jesus called him to be. And you should see him now today. He's taking bigger steps of faith. He's believing bigger things than he ever thought was possible. And the miracles keep coming in. And I don't know if that pumps anyone else up, but it definitely pumps me up because I know him. So right now, as the team lead us, I invite you to stand and maybe you need to act on one of those things to take that step, to seek after him or to even just see him. So team, if you can lead us.